1: Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello.
0: Baby doll.
1: Hi, beautiful girl.
0: Ready to talk to the podias.
1: I'm ready to podcast it
0: up. You are? Yes. I've been really missing you lately. We've been running around like cray. I know. Yeah.
1: It's crazy times.
0: So if you guys caught my little snippet last week, things are a little bit different on the horizon for the podcast just through November. So there will be a handful of rebroadcasts and things like that so that Mr. Smith and I can get our happy asses from One Coast To the other. To the other. And have a really good time doing it. I
1: agree. Yeah. Let's do that.
0: I think it's going to be awesome. So I think there are, first of all, there's tons of information that we've given out on the pod that really does warrant listening to multiple times. So I highly suggest even if you see rebroadcasts, which is what this week is going to be, if you see rebroadcasts, give them a second listen. I can't tell you how many books – audio well let's be honest audiobooks I listen to multiple <laughs> times because I hear something different every single time every time and yes. I I think the same can be true for for podcasts like this so keep an yeah. open mind and revisit because that's what implementation is all about this particular week I'm really excited because I am going to be sharing an interview a very rare interview That I have done with one of my colleagues. So I'm gonna tell you all about that here in a second. But before we do, why don't we just like kinda warm the mics up a bit? Warm
1: up with a little.
0: Would you rather?
1: Yeah, let's do that. Okay. You
0: you gotta have a would you rather.
1: You you got to. You just got to. You can't rebroadcast that.
0: I mean no. We need some new material.
1: Fresh content. (laughs) All right. Would you rather? Always smell rotten meat, Yikes. or always smell skunk.
0: Oh, well, like
1: just constantly.
0: Well, I'm not mad at I'm not mad at weed and skunk. Sometimes <laughs> smells like weed. Sometimes <laughs> smells like marijuana. So I think I could probably <laughs> deal with that more than rotten meat, considering I'm extremely selective about the meat that I eat already.
1: Right, especially rotten meat. Although Very I, selective about the rotten meat you eat. <laughs>
0: but okay, so I was watching a bunch of videos when I was thinking about getting my septum pierced, which I totally did, by the way.
1: Which is a bad idea.
0: It, no, it's amazing. Oh, I love it, was? it. Okay. Yeah. No. Oh, you mean watching the videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody on there was talking about the smell of it. Like, oh, you can. It smells like gross and like spoiled milk and. Because it's in your nose. And I was like, yeah. wow, that sounds super. If you don't clean it. Super infected, dude. <laughs> right. You need to
1: get that checked.
0: Really Sour nasty. Sour milk. And Ew. So. so
1: I think for me, I would go with the skunk too. Because if you're always smelling rotten meat, it's going to be hard to eat anything.
0: Although that might be a great weight loss technique. <laughs> you yeah, know. your
1: chocolate cake smells like rotten meat. Your ice cream smells like. I wonder, so can meat. you do
0: anything where you like plug your nose? I mean, I guess you could. And try to enjoy taste. They're all so interconnected. So, yeah. But if you smell skunk, that's probably not very appetizing either.
1: I just think it's better than rotten meat.
0: Rotten I think meat's I, pretty foul. It, it, it's pretty nasty. I think I'm going to go with the skunk. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I think we go
1: would- together on this one, babe.
0: We would love to hear what you would rather and we talk about this every single week in our After Hours Club, which is completely free for all of you. We like to say it's an exclusive club that's very inclusive. (laughs) <laughs> and you can find the the deets on how to join us over there. It's very simple. You can find it in the show notes page or just simply go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It'll redirect you right over there. And we talk about Would You Rathers every Monday. We have a little conversation about that. We talk about our biggest takeaways. If I'm promoting courses, I like to do... Coupon codes. I do videos every Friday with additional content.
1: Full of fun stuff.
0: Lots of good stuff. Mr. After Mr. Hours. Mr. Smith does a cameo or two. Once we, in a while
1: I'll we, check in.
0: We do some behind the scenes videos here and there. And not
1: again, you know.
0: We we <laughs> may or may not be broadcasting some of our road trip. So that's
1: true. Yes, we could do that.
0: If you want a little more insider scoop, be sure to cruise over there. So let me talk to you a little bit about the interview that you were about to listen to. First of all, please forgive we had a slight issue with the technology and the recording. So please overlook that as it might have a little bit of a a snap when I talk, which sucks.
1: Getting all snappy. Yeah,
0: I know. It's like up in the up in the coffee (laughs) house.
1: Not the hipster snap.
0: No, no, just a little little pop. Yeah. Anyway. As you listen to it, I want you to really think about where in your life you tend to hide out because you're afraid to put yourself out there. We Sometimes this really shows up for people in procrastination where mm-hmm. they just – don't ever really start the business or they don't ever really get back into the gym because they're like, no, I've got to have the perfect routine or or a workout or I need the perfect diet or I need the perfect outfit to wear to the gym Yeah. or I can't start this business because I have to have the flawless credential or website or whatever it is that keeps you in in inaction where you go, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And you're waiting to essentially not be scared. And And that's-
1: Almost always, never going to happen. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Almost always, never.
1: (laughs) Almost always, never.
0: As you listen to this from uh, Malingo, is that that a little Malingo? (laughs) That's a little
1: Malingo, yeah.
0: And, okay, so as you listen to this conversation with Becca, Becca Tracy, she runs the joint over at The Uncaged Life. And you'll hear us talk about a promotion that she had going on at the time. It has blossomed – From what we were originally talking about, it's still geared toward getting new clients. So she has this video series that leads into a free webinar. All of it's completely free. So if you are out there and you're listening to this and you're going, no, I do have a client based business that I work in, maybe you're a a personal trainer or you are a massage therapist or a makeup artist or whoever you might be. It doesn't have to be another coach. If you are in the business of catering to clients online and you want to figure out, how the fuck do I get more of them? You can go to the exact same URL that we talk about in this episode. So even though this is from a past episode, we've updated the link direction so you'll land in the right place. So basically go to the slash uncage. Uncage. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: U-n-c-A-G-E. And that will take you to her current freebie, which is not just a webinar, but actually an entire video series Mm -hmm. all about getting clients. Again, if you're in a service-based business. So she's talking about a lot of the things on this episode that we come up against, like our fear and our mindset. And she'll talk about that a little bit throughout her program. But again, this is very much for people who need to gain some traction kind of in an online space. So I think you will find it incredibly beneficial. And even if you're not in that situation, as we've talked about plenty of times before, almost always, even if you think the topic isn't relevant to you in a podcast, almost always there's some sort of nugget that you, you can, can
1: always apply it. Yeah.
0: Pull out and make it applicable to your world in a completely different way. Right. Keep an open mind. And I think that's everything. Anything you wanted to throw in before I let no. them hear it? Let's roll. All right. Enjoy. Super thrilled to have Becca Tracy on the line with us today. Hey, Beck.
2: Yay! Hey, Amy.
0: So, she's hanging out with us today, and I wanted to talk about a really pervasive concept that I see all the time, which is I'm not ready. I'm not ready to start dating again. I'm not ready to start my business. I'm not ready to go back to the gym until I lose 50 pounds. So, what does it really look like to put yourself out there? when you're scared shitless. And so I thought this is such a perfect topic for Becca to come talk to you guys about because little insider secret, Becca and I were a part of a mastermind group together for a couple of years, right, Becca?
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, it was for a while.
0: And we've, you know, gotten together IRL a few times too, which is awesome. <laughs> and I think one of the interesting things about being a part of a mastermind with people is you get to see behind this strategy. You get to see behind kind of the highlight reel that happens on social media and in all of our marketing and in all of our businesses. So we've had the great fortune to be able to converse about things feel, you know, like how scary it is to put ourselves out there or the challenges that kind of arise about comparing ourselves to others and things like that. So Becca is kind of the chief badass over at the dot com. And she started it back in twenty eleven. She's worked with hundreds of coaches and consultants. And her whole perspective is have some fucking freedom and a lifestyle you crave while you can make really great money. So hello, yes please. And she also highly advocates running around with no pants on, which I can definitely get behind. A hundred percent no pants on. So mm-hmm. I wanna ask you about this. So Obviously, I have kind of an insider view into what your journey has been like because we've talked about it many times, but you run a really killer online business teaching other people how to have businesses that they love, right? So, yeah, I know it hasn't always been easy. I know there was a time in a van living in the van. Um, but I'm just curious if you can share with people kind of what the internal battle you went through as you really started to put your work out into the world.
2: Yeah. So the van, um, to clarify, <laughs> I, uh, I started my business while I was I was uh, with my boyfriend at the time and we were going on an eight month road trip uh, in this huge, ugly, old brown camper van that we bought. And we were going to just kind of leave everything behind in Toronto and go on this epic adventure. Um, And I've been waiting to start my business for about a year now, kind of like humming and hawing and was scared. I wasn't sure. And so moving into the van was kind of the commitment to like, okay, you have to do this. And it was scary because all of a sudden there was like a time limit on it. It was like, you need to get this started before you get into this van. It was interesting. Getting started was, you know, it's tricky because when you're first starting a business, you're not super clear on what you're doing. It all feels kind of fuzzy. It's like, sure, I want to start, but like, what do I, how do I actually do that? What does that mean? What is like my first step? Um, And so I kind of had to just guess at what those first steps are and like piecemeal it together over the course of this trip that I was on. And of course that brings up so many, so many feelings of vulnerability and fear and just like, like total lack of confidence. Like, what am I doing? Who's going to pay me for this? What are they actually (laughs) paying me for? Um, What if they find out I have I have no idea what I'm doing and I look stupid or like it ruined my business for the future because I look stupid now. So all of this stuff came up for me, but I, you know, I did it anyways because I knew that I didn't want to spend another eight months not pursuing the, my dream. Kind of like shit or get off the pot time when we bought that van. Wow. Yeah, I can't. Okay. So when you, when you first
0: started though, when you first created that business, did you focus primarily on business? I thought you were doing like more general I, did. I can't remember. I
2: kind of had a yeah, I kind of had a couple of different areas. So everyone that I was working with um was life coaches or health coaches. And that came about because I had just trained in both of those things. Um right. and I was also working part time doing some online business marketing stuff for this online wellness company. And so I was kind of like life coaching the coaches about what they wanted to do with their new business. <laughs> so it was kind of this like roundabout business coaching. I, w- I certainly wasn't doing the kind of teaching and coaching that I'm doing now five years later. Then it was more like really helping them dig down into the true purpose of what they were doing and like find the joy in it and create something that they'd actually be happy about doing and not just kind of follow the herd um, of what everyone else was doing. So it was like focused on their business, but it wasn't specifically like marketing. So that you know, that felt okay. I was kind of finding my way. And as I learned more through the part-time job I was doing and through just kind of doing my own trainings and marketing and business, I started teaching what I had been doing, what I'd been learning and what I've been implementing in my own business that was working for me. And that brought up a lot of shit because all of a sudden I was like, oh wait, now I'm a marketing coach. Like, <sighs> Who am I to tell people how to market their businesses? Um, So that brought up a huge ton of like confidence and just like comparison stuff.
0: So this is good because this is the kind of shit that we talk about all the time over here and really doesn't matter if we're talking about launching a business or if we're talking about getting back involved in the dating scene or, you know trying to establish boundaries with family members, it still brings up this whole, who am I to do this? And Mm -hmm. I can't do it. I'm not ready. So so it's been a minute since you were in that. (laughs) But were you good with self-talk? I know you were trained in coaching, but how did you speak to
2: yourself? Yeah, I definitely had coaches at the same time. I really, I think I just, what really worked for me was looking at, looking like, Objectively, at the reasons why I was actually good enough to do this, so mm-hmm. instead of just automatically going, "Oh, you're not good enough, okay, that must be true," really looking at well, here's what you've done already in your life, and here's you know evidence that you you can do this and you know how to do this, and you can help people do this, so like kind of going back in the past and finding evidence of when I had done it before gave me confidence that i that I didn't have if I was just to listen to the voice that was like, "Oh, you're not good enough, forget about it
0: yeah. That's. I am so glad you said that because we will always pull towards that voice like it's just true, like it's just straight up yeah. true, unless we dismantle it, unless we look at it and go, wait a minute, there is evidence that I have been scared of doing something and I have pushed through and I've been successful at it or I've proven myself wrong. I've proven this voice wrong. So that's awesome. Yeah. And so I'm curious. If you see this a lot with students or clients, I've heard it a lot over here. But mm-hmm. what do you think the biggest lie is that they buy into around being ready?
2: What I hear a lot is that like they need to have their shit figured out. Like they need to be perfect um, or, or near perfect. They need to like know what they're doing and you know have you know be sure that they can get, they can get people results and like you know not be such a shit show on like the behind the scenes. They need to feel like they're perfect and before they can like get anyone to actually buy anything from them, which is absolutely not true. Definitely. I would have, I would not have a business if I was, if I was waiting to be perfect, that's for sure. But yeah, definitely um, the perfectionism thing, perfectionism thing is huge. It tends to come in conjunction with comparing themselves to all the other business owners out there watching what everyone else is doing and going, oh, well, I'm not that good Therefore, I just shouldn't do anything.
0: I heard an amazing perspective about this years ago where I, I cannot remember where I heard it. Somebody was saying, okay, gauge your level of expertise in what you want to teach. You know, like how would I, when I first started out, how would I rate myself as self-help, personal development coach? Mm-hmm. I would rate myself maybe like back then probably like a five, a six. And then the person was saying, okay, so now it's your responsibility to teach and educate threes, fours, and fives. It's not your responsibility to go teach and instruct the sevens, eights, and nines. Like, start now with who you can serve, who hasn't quite attained the acumen that you've attained, and start Mm -hmm. there. But I think a lot of times we get this whole perfectionism thing, like, I have to be flawless and the best before I start.
2: Yeah, before I do anything at all. <laughs> ah, yeah. before there's any momentum. So, yeah. and it still, that still comes up in my business a lot. That's not, it's not, certainly not that that is disappeared now that I'm, you know, further along and successful. Every single new step that I go to or everything new that I want to offer that's maybe a step up from what I do now, I battle with the same thing. Who am I to teach this? Like, I don't know how to do all this fancy, you know, whatever, whatever. So, why would someone hire me? Um, and so I, I constantly have to remind myself of, of you know, who I'm actually trying to serve and that I am qualified to help them.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so good because that's something that I will tell my students also is, like, I'm not exempt, you guys. Like, just because I happen to have created a program yeah. or I happen <laughs> to be doing this podcast or whatever does not mean that I don't engage with fear, comparison, perfectionism. It just means you engage with it in a different way. You don't let it take you out. Yeah, totally. You you deal much more on strategy with your people, but do you tell them anything in particular? Like, here's how to not compare yourself all the time or get lost in this idea of being perfect before you start? (laughs)
2: Yeah, I give them. I usually do it more in terms of action steps. So in terms of comparison, one of the first things I tell them is to, like, unsubscribe from all of the email newsletters that they sign up for um, or, like, filter them away into a separate folder where they can't see them um, to stay out of all of the Facebook groups that they're in and to really – this is when we're working together for just four weeks. So it's, like, an isolated amount of time but to literally like make it impossible to see what anyone else is doing. Because when you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and you're seeing everyone else's businesses and their lives and like they're traveling and whatever they're doing, it's nearly impossible to just ignore it and not kind of do a quick comparison of where we are and where they are. So by just shutting it out, it's just like an actionable step to help you start to kind of dissipate that comparison and start to just put more focus on what you're trying to create. That's so good. Do you, uh, do you hide your news feed on Facebook by any chance? I haven't I hid my news feed three years ago and have not opened it since. Um, <laughs> I have it on my phone still, but on my actual computer, my laptop and my desktop, yeah, I don't have a news feed anymore. So I actually can't just, I can still go in groups where I waste a lot of time, um, and, but I can't just scroll through endlessly. And it's been a savior. I find myself scrolling through my phone and I'm like, oh my God, this is why I got rid of it. I'm like, ugh. Right, well, and that's the other thing that, I think
0: people don't quite take into consideration how much they can actually set themselves up for success. You know, like often we've talked about on the show, if somebody is really triggered around body image, let's say, but they subscribe to Victoria's Secrets magazine and every time they get their mail, they feel uh-huh. like shit. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like unsubscribe. Like what's yeah. that's that, your power?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just had to do that with Instagram. I was, um, I'm in, I'm in a little bit of a physical funk right now and just like not at all inspired to do the things that I normally love doing. And so I usually follow like a ton of yogis and a ton of rock climbers on Instagram and seeing them every day used to get me inspired, but now that doesn't happen anymore. This, you know, this winter I've kind of been seeing it and being like, ah, just making me feel bad. So I just unfollowed them all. I was like, I can pick them back up later when I get psyched about it again. And like, interested in seeing them succeeding, but I'm I'm not interested right now. It's not helping me. Oh, that's so good. Because I think, I think there's another thing that happens
0: in personal development where if, if you've learned the tool of self-talk or you've learned how to engage with fear, you all of a sudden have to muscle through triggers like that.
2: And like, I should be over, I should be better than this. I should be happy for them. (laughs) Right. And it's like, no, dude, you're
0: fucking human. How about you set yourself up for success? I do this, the same exact thing. And I've noticed that there's times like you were talking about that I'm more fragile or I'm more sensitive. And that's when I need to kind of boundary up and unsubscribe from things that I know are triggering for me. And I mean, in all categories. So I want to know, what do you think, or what do you share with your audience about the secret to really putting yourself out there or what separates
2: the not ready's from the doers? There's a, there's a couple of things. Definitely, there tends to be this like all or nothing thinking about it. It's like we either need to like, like start a business and do everything or like do nothing. And that's not really the way it works. The so ones who succeed are usually willing to take really small steps, like just little tiny baby steps, doing one small action and then doing another small action um, and letting that... Start to build up their confidence until they get to some of the bigger actions. And so it's not this all or nothing thing. Um, I'm definitely guilty of all or nothing. I'm like, I'm either doing a 90 day cleanse or I'm like eating all the shit in the world. <laughs> you can't just like make a choice minute by minute. It's gotta be all or nothing. Um, and so, yeah, definitely the clients that I work with who do get further are like, okay, well, you know, I can do, I can email this one person and tell them about my business, or I can put this one post on Facebook, even if I don't have a website yet. So they don't have, again, it's like, you don't have to have everything ready and everything perfect to start. Absolutely. And that's funny that you bring that up. We did a podcast
0: a few episodes ago that was called combating all or nothing.
2: Uh, I didn't <laughs> listen to it yet, but I saw, I've been meaning to, I saw the link on Instagram. <laughs> so yep. it's, it's exactly the people. It's so pervasive and it's so what I do
0: too. You know, I have to constantly yeah. battle that. Oftentimes, I've found that it's the shit
2: that doesn't really matter all that much. <laughs> yeah. Especially with, like, with business, I always think of it as, like, just you're starting a project and you're doing, like, the first step of the project. This doesn't mean that you, like, have have a, you know, starting a business is freaking overwhelming, you know? Yeah. And, you know, like, jumping from being single, like, jumping into a, a full-on launch of relationship is super overwhelming. So, I think it's, like, just recognizing that, like, there's in-between steps and figuring out what the next one is. Um, and I always ask my clients, you know, if you weren't terrified of this, what would be the next thing that you would do? And they always know. They're like, oh, I would just email that person. Or, like, oh, I would just go on that one date. And I'm like, great, do that then. Like, whatever the <laughs> next step is, let's, you know, and they're like, oh, okay, I could do that. Like, once they actually say it out loud, they're like, oh, I do know what the next step is, and I can actually do it.
0: Oh, my gosh, that's that's so right on. And I think I see a lot of the same sort of behavioral patterns. And I think it's this idea that if I'm experiencing fear, I've got to stop. Like I must stop. Like I can't make mm-hmm. the call. I can't send the email. I can't launch the product. I can't start dating again. What? It, and that's not the case. Like I, I really think it's the people who choose to engage with fear differently and don't look at this is going to stop action because even like you and I were saying, we still go through bouts of insecurity or triggers or starting to feel the emotion of fear. But the difference I think is engaging with that fear differently, choosing courage anyway. And like you were saying,
2: choosing action, like choosing that baby step anyway. Yeah. It's funny. As we are saying this, I'm thinking of like the last few times that I had to do this outside of my business. Um, I, again, it tends to be this all or none. I tend to be the person who's like, "Well, forget the baby steps. I'm just gonna do like the big thing." I'm thinking about last summer when I, I don't, I didn't learn how to drive until last year, and I was terrified, terrified, terrified of driving. Like, just was convinced I was gonna die if I ever had to drive a car. Um, and I just got sick of my story. I just got sick of telling myself that I couldn't drive. I was like, "Many people who are way stupider than me drive. Like, well, come on." And so I was like, "All right." So I literally went out and I bought a car. And then I learned to drive it. And then I drove myself to Wyoming from Toronto. <laughs> that was like, I was like, forget just like taking one driving lesson. I'm going to go all in. Yeah. So like, if you're, the, if you're that kind of person, that's fine too. Um, it just doesn't have to be all in. And I think that's the thing to understand. It's like whatever way I love the all in, because it just gets me excited about the thing I'm doing. I kind of love like the spontaneity and like making quick decisions about things. So that fuels me. So like, whatever is going to actually feel good to you, you know, you can do that. Oh, that's, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that. I didn't realize that you had so much fear around it. Terrified. Like, can't even, used to have dreams I was driving, and it was like in Mario Kart, where like you'd like skid off the side of the track and fall into the abyss. Like, I had nightmares about driving a car. I'm sure that I died in a car accident, like in a past life, because I just was terrified. Um, But driving to Wyoming, you know, driving for 30 hours will get you over that (laughs) by yourself.
0: But that's the thing, though, is you start flexing the muscle, especially in entrepreneurship. You flex the muscle being scared and doing it anyway over and over and over and over again. You know, yeah. like I was talking to a client about it earlier today where I was saying the only difference between your relationship or the the reality of your life right now and mine is we've just engaged with fear differently. So I see it. It hurts. And then I've changed over time, have conditioned a new way to engage with it. That's it. You can do that. It's a matter of not being repelled by fear. So I'm really curious about this too. So now I know you've said there's still things where you embark on a new project or something you haven't done before in your business. What do you do now as far as nervousness or fear that you experience?
2: It's become easier, like you said, to like to flex the muscles. So I find that I just, I just don't overthink it. So there's something I know I want to do. You know, I'm somewhere in me I'm excited about it, but I'm also scared. Um, I just start, I just start doing what the next step is without really engaging too much with the fear. So it's like, okay, you're scared. What's the first thing that needs to happen, anyways? It's just it's be, it become so much easier because of just doing it over and over and over and over again. For I've, I've done that my whole life, and especially in my business, kind of taking the next steps. Um, you're always doing the next scary thing in your business. It's, you know, it's not like you get to a place and you're like, oh, well, I'm good now. So now I just, yeah, I just start taking action. I'm like, hey, what's the first thing I need to do? Write an email. Okay, let's go write the email. I do have uh, not necessarily a formal mastermind anymore. Like we had Amy, but you know, like buds like you and uh, some of the girls from our past mastermind and other business friends who Totally get it, and having them around, like just having a team of people that I can, you know, message on Voxer or send a quick Facebook message to, and be like, ah, I want to do this thing, um, is really really helpful. It's almost just like I just want someone else to tell me it's okay. So usually we will be like, go for it, and I'm like, oh okay, yeah, go for it. You're right, I can do that.
0: It's so interesting how we'll create this crazy reality in our head, then when we actually give voice <laughs> to it and talk about it with like a friend or a colleague, we're like. Oh my god! How many
2: times are we like? I just answered my own question, (laughs) and it's totally. They're like, yeah, go for it. You're like, of course. That seems easy. I've even gone so far as to like hire, you know, business coaches or strategists or whatever kind of support purely because I wanted them to tell me that it was okay to do this thing. (laughs) Because if I got their permission and they're so much further ahead of me and they thought it was a good idea that I do it, then it must be a good idea. And so I definitely like I'm learning to just give myself that permission. But you know, sometimes. You just need someone else in your corner to kind of back you up and give you a bit of a smack on the ass and go, you got this. You're good.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, for sure. And it's, it's just validating, I think. So, okay. So I'm curious about this too. This is somewhat in tandem to this. I've noticed over the course of my life in the various seasons of my life that there's certain things that trigger me way more than others. Like I will be really confident, let's say in my relationship or my marriage, I still struggle with confidence in being a business owner, or I used to have a really, really hard time with all things physical, you know, attraction, uh, as far as my appearance and things like that. And that's not really as huge of a trigger in my life anymore. Do you have any areas? Cause it's, it's clear that you've got this business thing down and you're super confident in that arena. Do you have other areas of your life that you're like, oh my God, I need to, that that get you a little Mm -hmm. bit more,
2: that kind of trigger
0: you a little bit more?
2: Oh my gosh. I think it's like, it's changed over the years. Like you said, right now, um, I don't know. It even comes up with business. Like if I'm, if I'm kind of talking to people in my business circles, I feel like I'm really confident, but I start talking to like, you know, my parents, my dad's friends at a, you know, at his 60th birthday party or like some, you know, someone just kind of outside of like the online business world. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I feel like they're just going to think this is like, they have no idea what I'm talking about. This is like a silly thing that I'm doing. Um, And I almost feel like I need to like tell them how successful I am to like prove to them that it's a thing, you know? Um, So I think it comes up just in terms of business, just yeah. In different circles. is interesting. Well, I think
0: it also comes up, I noticed for me too, whether it's business, friends, social, fitness, anything, if it's new, if it's just straight up fucking mm. new, like you were saying. Like a new person? A new anything, event that you're going to that you don't know anybody, a mm. new, you know, speaking at an event that you weren't anticipating, anything that you just simply have not done before. Yeah. For me, I get freaked out. You're probably, this girl, you guys, scales mountains and shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you may not be as terrified as I get about new stuff. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it comes up all the time with rock climbing. That's certainly one of those things And I think anyone who does any kind of, you know, physical activity, activity, I see it with friends who run, like, oh, I used to be able to run marathons. I'm like, now I can't really do 10K, and so I feel, like, you know, weird about it and shitty about it. And I kind of get the same with, with the climbing that I do. I'm like, oh, I, you know, but I can climb this well, or I used to be able to, but no, not anymore. So I think it's, and I feel you know, I feel like that's kind of always the case. It's like, if I've done something in the past and I'm not as good at it anymore, mm. I feel like I need to like remind people how good I was at one point. I'm like nobody cares. Nobody cares except for me. And I shouldn't even care. <laughs> oh my God. I totally had that
0: when a friend of mine had her birthday at a roller skating rink and it didn't register me register to me that it had been like 20 years since I had ever roller skated. And I'm thinking I'm going to just like handle some shit out here on the
2: road. <laughs> <And> I seriously <laughs> almost broke my neck. I was like, Oh, well, <laughs> take it down. a
0: <laughs> So, all right. So I know, okay. Speaking about this confidence stuff, I know that you have a free workshop coming up where you're going to touch on some elements of confidence. So I don't expect you to give it all away, but what do you think is really pivotal to cultivating confidence, even if you don't feel it? Action. Like the
2: only way it's like this kind of like a chicken and an egg thing where like, you have to have at least a little bit of confidence to actually take an action, like to do an action, but the action is what's going to actually get you more confident. So, um, it's definitely, like, by, by starting to put those baby steps or those big steps or whatever, however big the steps are that you want to put in place, by starting to actually do those things, number one, you start to realize it's not as scary as you thought. It's not as big of a deal. You start to get more confident as you go. I have never seen, a, like, a new business owner come out of the gate 100% confident and then just kind of go in doing the things that they're doing. I've never seen that with the hundreds of clients that I've worked with. There can be confidence in the thing that you offer, but not confidence in your marketing. Or there can be like confidence in your marketing, but like not really confident in the actual work that you're doing or, you know, variations of it. But no one comes out of the gates 100% just like, I am the best. (laughs) I am not scared. I will do it. So definitely like starting to actually take action, starting to put those steps in place is what will get you to the place where you do feel confident and you don't feel like you're just faking the confidence anymore. There has to be a little bit of, I don't, I don't really necessarily love like fake it till you make it, but I do think there has to be kind of a decision to, to take the first step regardless of how you feel about it and know that the confidence will come after that. Yes. Oh, that's so good. I've, I've often said, you know, if you want
0: to start, and this is like exactly what you're saying, just in slightly Mm -hmm. different words, if you want to start feeling more confident, you have to start doing things that make you proud of yourself. So, and I find mm-hmm. that it, I am proud of myself when I was scared, but chose to do it anyway, because it was something I really wanted for myself. So it doesn't have to mean absence of fear. It's just, I choose action anyway. I'm going to do something to make myself proud of how I conducted myself. So yep. right yep, on. Totally. So, okay. So I mentioned briefly that you have a free workshop coming up, which I love free shit.
1: We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert.
2: Yeah. So
0: tell them about it and what, what it's all about, what uh, they'll walk away with.
2: Yeah. So it's, um, it is a free training webinar and it's for business owners. Uh, and it's specifically about how to start getting more clients when you're brand new. So it is some strategy, but it's definitely also some mindset stuff. so we're we're gonna talk a lot about just some of the things that that people that i that I see most of my clients doing that aren't actually getting them anywhere. And I find we do this a lot, right? It's easy to like procrastinate on the things that feel less scary. So I see a lot of my clients like spending a lot of time like making really pretty quotes to put on Instagram or like, you know, like stuff like that without actually like taking the step to really start putting themselves out there. So we're just going to go through some of the secrets that I have developed over the years for what it actually takes to start putting yourself out there and getting getting clients. And it's a little bit of mindset. It's a little bit of strategy. It's a lot of action steps. So it's really about teaching you like what things you can actually start doing now that are going to make the biggest difference if you're a business owner.
0: Oh, my God. Huge. I seriously wish that I had you in my corner when I first started out. I mean,
2: I'm sure you remember. (laughs) I wish I had me in my corner when I first started out. (laughs) Your business has exploded since I met you. It's been amazing. Oh, thank you. But
0: I remember this all changed just within the last couple of years, and you were so gracious to have chat with me privately and help me figure out some of my messaging. Cause there was, I had a lot of passion, but zero strategy. And I really think <laughs> there's a medley that needs to happen there. And I really yeah. attribute a lot of what I've learned about business to the help that you've given me. And I know you make such an incredible difference in the, in your students' lives. And so you guys, hello, the worst possible thing is that you're going to learn something. So Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash uncage, U-N-C-A-G-E. Or you can just visit the show notes page for this episode and you can jump in on this workshop. I know there's a lot of you guys out there who are really playing around with that idea of starting a new business or, you know, really putting yourself out there. And there's multiple components to address. So I'm just so excited that you were able to cruise over and hang out with my peeps and share your wisdoms.
2: Thank you so much. Ah, oh, thank you. It's been so fun. I've been listening to some of your webinars recently and you're just so good at what you do. It's always so fun chatting with you. Well, oh, thanks,
0: man. And if you guys have not heard of Becca and you want to find out more about what she's all about, obviously join her workshop, but you can find everything about her over at The Uncaged Life, like I mentioned earlier. And I'm sure you. She's got. T- I mean, first of all, you don't have to wear pants. Second of all, she has a bunch of free shit. <laughs> no warm... pants
2: and free shit. <laughs> That's what I'm known
0: for. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we like to do a little thing over
0: here where we give out warm fuzzies. So I'm going to give you a huge warm fuzzy. Yay! So thank you for being here. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> all right, Becca. I'll talk to you later, and thank you so much.
2: Thanks, Amy.
1: Woo! <laughs>